Hi, you're listening to the From Imposter to Empowered podcast. I'm your host, Jill Perrick, a life and success coach who specializes in helping working professionals and entrepreneurs overcome imposter syndrome. If you feel like you're not as smart, capable, or worthy as you actually are, and that someone is going to find you out, you've come to the right place. I use social and cognitive psychology, neuro-linguistic programming, and somatic healing to take my clients from imposter to empowered so they can go after the success that they want and feel worthy of it too. Let's dig in. Hello, beautiful people. I really want to start calling you the fraud squad. Is that cute? Do we like that? Let me know. But I am so excited to have you here for the very first episode of the From Imposter to Empowered podcast for 2022. It's pretty crazy. I was born in 1992, which means that I am coming up on my 30th year. It also means that I am coming out of my Saturn return, which is an astrology thing. And yes, I just said astrology thing because I'm not an expert at it. But what I do know is that your Saturn return is where things are really shitty and you're really learning about who you are and there's a lot of life transitions. Um, And it usually happens between 27 and 29. And then when you turn 30 is when you're coming out of your Saturn return. And between 27 and 29, I got engaged. I moved a couple of times. um, I changed positions in my full-time government job and then I actually ended up taking my business full-time and we're going to come back to that because um, taking my business full-time was something that was a really big deal bigger than I can even explain to you and I often have to remind myself that that was a really big step that I took for myself and not even just because it's a big deal to work for yourself full-time but also because I know who I am and I know my past and I I know my belief system and my thoughts so the fact that I was able to do it is actually a really big deal but I'm coming out of my Saturn return and I'm super excited about it and I just really feel like I'm coming into a lot of amazing things in my life. Um, Dustin and I are going to be getting married in 2023 and there's just a lot of really good things happening and I also want to say that even though my business is super successful, I'm a multi six figure entrepreneur, which is fucking crazy to me. Um, remember too that like life is happy and life is sad. Like I lost my childhood home and our 15 year old cat at the end of October in 2020. My grandfather was just recently diagnosed with terminal cancer um, and we don't know how long he has. So there are a lot of things um, that happen in life that are really sad. Um, My fiance's dad was actually diagnosed with early onset dementia um so we've been struggling with that as well and i am just constantly reminded that there is so much contrast in life of of happiness and sadness and this again really fits with this episode talking about your successful identity because i think to kick us off here it's it's that life is truly 50 50 like it's not you're not always going to be so happy that you never experience a sad moment and you're never going to be so sad that you never experience a happy moment you know what I mean um I always bring it back to this study because I just think it's so interesting but I read a book in university and it was on happiness and one of the studies that the author did and it's 
actually a super sad situation, but um, the author was talking about how he did a research study on parents who had children with terminal illnesses, and they estimated themselves to be distraught and super unhappy for the rest of their lives if their child were to pass away. And what the researcher found when he had conducted his research years later, when those children did end up passing away was that the parents usually vastly overestimated how unhappy they would be um and of course they were dealing with a lot of pain and they were extremely distraught over their child passing away but what they realized was that they thought that they were going to be unhappy forever and that there were going to be no happy moments ever and there actually were way more than they even could have imagined and they were actually a lot happier than they thought that they would be and that is a super hard and sad situation i don't wish that upon anybody but i think it's a good research study to see that we often overestimate or underestimate how things are going to be and life is truly 50 50 it's not always going to be happy it's not always going to be sad but i'm not going to reject the happy parts of my life or the successful parts of my life because there's also sad things going on you know like i don't know if this is also a part of being neurodivergent as well or having an hd and like whenever I would experience a really intense negative emotion like sadness or anger, I would make it mean everything about my entire situation. So if I was really sad, I would immediately start thinking like nothing's working in my business, even though if the reason I was sad had nothing to do with my business whatsoever, it somehow always went over to the place where I felt the most insecure or unsure of, and that was usually my business, right? So It's been a journey this year learning how to not make things mean anything, especially because I have such intense emotions, having that emotional dysregulation part of ADHD. Um, And again, I just want to circle back to what I was talking about in terms of that life is 50-50 and you are always going to have experiences in which you are happy and sad at the same time and that is a very real reality, but you can still have an amazing life and have all the things that you want and have the life that you want, the business that you want, while still knowing that there are going to be things that aren't going to work out or there's going to be issues or problems or you're not always going to feel 100%. Um, And I think that's something that's really important for me to say. I don't want to start this year off on like a negative foot. I hope it's not negative at all. It's just a reality and that when I looked at my next level self and I looked at my six-figure self, I always thought, everything would be so perfect and that's just like that's not life that's not reality life is not perfect and it's just like waiting to do something until you feel ready you will never ever truly feel ready and you just have to do things even if you think that they're imperfect or they're not going to work you just have to try them and do them like that is my whole business it feels like it it constantly would feel like I was holding on by a thread and that I just had to do one more thing or I would be exhausted and instead I had to reframe that and be like I'm just taking it one step at a time and I'm doing my best 
Um, so I hope that that was kind of inspiring for you. <laughs> it was a little bit negative, but not in a bad way. It was more so like realistic. And you guys know that I really like to keep it real here for you on the podcast. So like I said, today we're talking about like your successful identity. And I actually had ideas for this. And this truly started to come through when I was listening to Stacy Bayman's podcast about success and tolerance. So this is a concept that she coined. Her podcast is called Make money as a life coach um and she's actually my coach's mentor so I listen to her quite frequently um and something that she coined a concept she coined was success intolerance and that is when you're so uncomfortable with holding success in your body or like you start having things happen in your business that you've been wishing for and wanting and then because it's so uncomfortable um you start self-sabotaging So to me, this looks like not being able to identify your successful identity. And what that means is very similar to Stacey's concept in terms of you are just not able to sit in comfort with your successful identity because we are so used to holding on to an identity that we have around struggle and around sacrifice and around scarcity you know like I grew up in a pretty normal childhood home where I had two parents that both worked my dad worked two jobs and my mom basically worked two because she worked full-time and then she did a lot of the domestic stuff like the majority of the domestic stuff because he was always at work except for Sundays Sundays was our family day and um so I had very loving parents I still have them of course we have different Of course, we have certain dynamics and patterns that were unhealthy that I have learned to work through as an adult. But if you were to look at my life, you would be like, oh, like you had a pretty uneventful, like no big traumas that happened. But as you guys have heard me say before, trauma is subjective because there can be little t and there can be big t. So trauma is just characterized by the experience and how it impacted you and how it lives in your physical body. So anything can be trauma if it is negatively impacting your emotions and your mental health. Um, And I just want to start by saying that. But if you were to look at me, you'd be like, yeah, you had a pretty normal childhood. Okay. And I still have thoughts and beliefs that live in scarcity, you know, like I had two parents that even though they worked jobs, we were always paycheck to paycheck because they really like to like go on vacations and do a bunch of stuff. But like at that time in like the 90s and the 2000s, like they had pretty regular jobs. We weren't rich by any means, but my parents really cared about experiences and doing things with us and were in all the sports and we did all the things. So I would hear the stories of like my dad having to take a cash advance on his credit card and about how they were living paycheck to paycheck. And my mom, I can hear it right now. I can hear it in my head where she said, I've lived for 20 years in overdraft, you know? So I have thoughts of scarcity there. So my unsuccessful identity was very much curated, especially when you're starting out in the online space, right? Especially when you're starting out, you are, you're just working, you're putting the work in, you're trying, and you're usually not seeing immediate results, right? So you have 
this unsuccessful identity embedded into your brain and that you know what it feels like you know what the thoughts are like you know what you're going to experience and as i've always told you guys the brain works like a computer so it has programs so it pumps out the same programs over and over again so it doesn't have to exert as much and as i always tell you guys the brain works like a computer so it runs programs so the brain doesn't have to exert any energy and it just runs the same patterns on a loop over and over again and those become more embedded embedded into your brain so thoughts beliefs etc right feelings you can embed feelings into your body hello trauma like you can embed those feelings in and if you're so used to feeling them I mean if we really look at the imposter syndrome spiral right in terms of starting with I'm having the thought of I'm not good enough and then it goes into the feeling that you usually associate to that thought which is either anxiety or fear or or despondency whatever it is you go into like a common belief that you have about yourself related to I'm not good enough which again can just be as simple as I'll never be good enough so something like that and then it leads to the self-sabotage can look like taking an action that is not for your highest good or not taking any action at all so when we think about the imposter syndrome sabotaging spiral that is very common to your unsuccessful identity you are comfortable there you have embedded those thoughts and beliefs and those feelings into your body and that's why it feels so comfortable so it's funny because you can be journaling on your goals and doing all these things and then when success starts to happen when you start to sign a client here and sign a client there because here's the thing we all have this idea that we're going to sign those 50 clients that we want that's a total over exaggeration but like I've served over a hundred people in my coaching practice but if I was starting out and saying I want a hundred clients that's not how it usually works it usually goes one after the other after the other after the other like it's a process and when those things start happening your brain will convince you no 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 like we're not there yet we're not at that successful identity but then when things actually start happening you start realizing wow like all the things that i wanted there happening you can have a little bit of an identity crisis because you can't imagine your successful identity you you aren't familiar with her you don't know what she feels like or it feels uncomfortable it feels uncomfortable to feel abundant it feels uncomfortable to feel safe in your body it feels uncomfortable to have this success because you're so not used to it now this isn't a big deal because I think even me saying this will really help you become aware to the fact that oh there are a lot of things that have happened that I have spoken into existence or that I've been journaling about or what have you and I've been telling myself it's not happening for me but it is it is always happening for you it is always working for you and what it could actually be is your own version of success and tolerance your own version of that successful identity not being curated so it feels very uncomfortable to hold the success Stacy talks about in her podcast episode um, she talks about the intolerance that she had to having her dream body and I related to this so hard because I have always been somebody who told myself like I want to lose weight like I've always been like I'm on a diet I'm losing weight blah 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 but if I really got down to it it didn't feel safe to have a dream body it didn't feel like it was even possible for me so 
I am so aware of this. It's fucking crazy. But when I would actually start to lose weight and start liking what I'm looking at in the mirror, I would create a problem or I would overeat. Now, of course, this is related to my ADHD and because I've been taking Concerta now for about two months, um, I'm noticing or it's about three months when you're listening to this. I have noticed that I don't have the urge to overeat because I'm not seeking that dopamine rush i'm on a very low dose though so i am noticing that i am still looking for some type of dopamine hitter but i'm noticing that i'm not overeating half as much because i'm not again searching for that dopamine so of course that is related that plays a part but it is also the thoughts that i was having around like oh i'm actually starting to lose weight And I was self-sabotaging myself because I couldn't actually see that version of me. I was like, who am I to be fucking skinny and hot and fucking rich? And I would do this too with money is I would be like, I'm not somebody who has a lot of money. Like I live paycheck to paycheck. I barely have any money. And I would put myself into scarcity. And I'm being super honest with you guys. Like I did this a lot in my first year um, making six figures in 2020, I made $130,000 and it was a huge like shock to me. And I spent all of it, not on things that were like shopping or anything like that on like a team. And I thought I had to, to do this because I thought it would run out because I wasn't embodying that successful identity and how I tie this into imposter syndrome. I know you guys are like, how is she going to relate this to imposter syndrome? Well, everything's related to imposter syndrome okay and it's just feeling like you are not good enough to embody that successful identity feeling like that's not me who am I to be rich and successful and smart and capable and lovable who am I and that's what constantly comes up when I look at the foundation of my self-sabotaging things is I'm like, oh, wow, I just didn't think that I could handle being hot and rich, you know, like that's an example. It's a stupid example. But like, it's true is that I am not working on cultivating that successful identity or I'm not allowing myself to sit in the discomfort. And, you know, I talk about that a lot too in terms of it's like it doesn't always feel good when you are working on yourself because you're very uncomfortable because your brain and your body are so used to feeling a certain way and talking down to yourself and feeling anxious that is so comfortable for you as uncomfortable and as unbearable as it may be and that's probably why you're listening to this podcast or why you are working with me as uncomfortable as it is it's also very comfortable Those things can exist at the same time because it's comfortable for your brain and your body. Your brain wants things to be predictable. It wants things to be normal. And it is abnormal for you to be like, I am a successful bitch. Like I am getting everything that I want and I created this, you know? So this is when you can't imagine that successful identity. And I want you to notice if you are taking actions or doing things that are when you're right on the cusp of doing something that would embody that successful identity and then you self-sabotage and take yourself a couple steps back, right? Um, Like I want you to notice when you are bypassing your accomplishments or when you're indifferent to them, you know, like indifference is not good because when you are indifferent to your emotions and to the things that are happening and to the things that are happening, it's kind of like you're in a car 
and things are like whipping past you but it's the most beautiful scenery and you're just trying to get to your destination and then you get to the destination and you realize the journey was the destination like all the beautiful landmarks and the scenery and the animals and the wild horses and all of these things that you miss like the journey is your destination and you need to learn how to look back at your accomplishments and I talk about this all the time on the podcast like you need to learn how to look back at your accomplishments and really feel into your body that you did this you created this even if it's just signing your first client even if it's just making a thousand dollars even if it's just getting that one position in that company where like you only had to work a little bit more to get the incremental increase of like a dollar an hour like that is still a really big deal and noticing that doesn't hurt anybody and it actually helps your brain acclimatize more to noticing your successes instead of focusing on your failures or focusing on what's not working you really have to train your brain to do that there's also something that I usually do with my clients and I usually will do this in like a free master class or like a group thing and I'm going to share it with you today it is basically comparing your current self-concept so what you currently think about yourself and your highest self-concept so I want you to take out a piece of paper and I want you to draw a line through the middle so it's going to be vertical and then a line through the middle and you're going to write on the left side you're going to write current self-concept and you're going to write out what you think about yourself right now what you think about your career or your business let's keep it super simple and keep it at that and then go to the other side of the page and this is going to be your highest self-concept what does she or he or they whoever listens to this podcast what do they think about my business what do they think about myself and then i want you to compare them i want you to just compare them and this blows people's minds blows their minds because they're like oh fuck like right now i think that i'm a shitty coach or i think that i'm not good enough or i think nobody's gonna want to work with me but my highest self is certain that people are gonna want to work with me so how do i get how do we bridge the gap between current self-concept and highest self-concept you know and it is a process but the reason why i'm telling you this is because it's not something that just happens overnight it is not something that happens because of a circumstance you can sign all the clients in the world but if you are not noticing your accomplishments if you are not paying attention to them if you are not congratulating yourself if you are not patting yourself on the fucking back if you are not treating yourself with kindness you can achieve all the things in the world and it won't fucking matter because you'll still have that same dialogue in your head of I'm not good enough and it's not working for me and I'm a failure and you're also probably going to do a lot of self-sabotaging um because you are still stuck in that loop you're still stuck in the loop of i'm not good enough and then you're used to feeling anxious and then you're not going to take action or you do take action but it's not serving your highest good and that is why it's really important to curate your successful identity and begin to feel comfortable in that identity first it's really important to like identify what does your successful identity act like like what are they thinking what are they doing and i don't mean like you have to go out and buy things for yourself it's literally like what thoughts are they having when they're not working what thoughts are they having when they are working what are they doing with their rest time you know what i mean it's really leaning into what would i actually be doing if i was comfortable with success and if i just expected it to come and 
we curate your successful identity in one-to-one coaching. First, we identify that current self-concept and then we do all the work to bridge the gap between your current self-concept and your highest self-concept. And we reduce those self-sabotaging, I'm not good enough spirals by 50% or more. It's so funny because when I was talking to a past one-to-one client who is now inside of the Worthy Woman Method, which is my group coaching program, so she's still in my orbit, but we worked together for a year, one-to-one coaching for a year, and it was amazing. And she was like, the best gift you have given me is the ability to self-coach and the ability to self-regulate. And her and I were laughing because I was like, I literally coach myself out of business. And she was like, you 100% do. But she was like, you give people the tools to coach themselves and to work through things so they don't spiral out anymore. So they don't have to resort to external things to make them feel better so they can self-regulate and that is such a powerful gift and that is what will keep your business going that is what will keep your career going and will create the abundance that you want to create so i have one-to-one coaching spots available if you want to go to the link in my show notes and apply and book a sales call with me and i would love to have you inside of that container And that's all. Thank you guys so much for listening to the first episode of 2022. I am so excited again to have you here and so grateful to have you here. I love you guys so much. If you want to go over on Instagram and follow me, connect with me, I am at your coach Jill over there. Okay. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the From Imposter to Empowered podcast. Head to the show notes to find out how you can take this work deeper with me in one-to-one coaching or in my lifetime group coaching program, The Worthy Woman Method. In the show notes, you'll also find a free three-day challenge to start the process of overcoming your inner imposter. And once you're done with that, screenshot this episode and share it on Instagram, tagging me at your coach Jill so we can connect. See you next time.